0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver, and Gig Economy News. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RideshareRodeo.com. I'm your host, SJ, and let's get it on. So hello, Pandemic December and Rideshare Drivers and uh, gig worker-friendly people and uh every all you good people out there and welcome to december pandemic december so we're a month away from the new year and uh everybody's saying how much better the new year is going to be so let's let's hope that's the case uh you know to me i'm thinking of it more like a month so i I, maybe sometime in the new year but i don't think right upon the new year We'll, we'll see uh still have a ways to go i think So first tonight, I, I real quickly want to touch on uh, DoorDash. So DoorDash has filed its IPO with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, on Monday, DoorDash filed with with the with the SEC. Um, DoorDash in its IPO price range, it's saying that it will launch between seventy five and eighty five dollars. That price range of seventy-five to eighty-five dollars would mean that DoorDash is wor- is worth twenty-nine to thirty-three billion dollars, based on their share activity. All that—that's what that would come down to. Um, to put that into some perspective, here uh, in June of this year, DoorDash was valued at sixteen billion dollars. So it's it's basically saying it's doubled its value since June. Uh, if the sixteen is thirty-two, and that falls right in the twenty-nine to thirty-three billion. So, um, okay. Uh, just to me, I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just just me, but this seems like the Uber IPO all over again. And I know DoorDash is a different design. Um, you know, it's a app based. Uh, food delivery but again are are you know is the launch coming during this pandemic when it's so needed uh how much how much how how longer of a timeline will app-based delivery uh food deliveries be needed i mean for like the next year let's say let's just say the next the whole calendar year of 2021 that they're going to do just as well as they did but that sometime during 2021, things are going to start to get back to some kind of normalcy. That by 2022, will they be able to keep up those kind of numbers? Um, I don't know. I, I I think it's a little strange. Um, maybe there's some aspects in there that I'm not familiar with. But I do know that DoorDash is strictly uh, app-based food delivery. So it's I don't think there's other aspects of, of the business that would change the value unless June to now really changed it to double its value. I don't know. Um, I will say this, that Uber, while, while talking about app based food delivery, Uber and Postmates have completed their deal. Um, I think it was 2.8 billion, uh, was the final close number. And now as of today, Uber and Postmates are one company. Um, it's fully done, it's signed, it's 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 put into the history books. It's not I mean it was so close for a while there, and it was it was a done deal, but we needed it to be done. So now it is done. And even Uber and Postmates combined, even now that they were combined as one company, because they were the second and third uh most used in the country. So Uber and Postmates put together still takes a second to DoorDash. In terms of people, in terms of United States usage of this app, of, of these food delivery apps. So in the United States DoorDash takes a strong first, even when Uber and Postmates are combined, it takes a first over them together. So, uh, going back to the SEC real quick, I did want to say that the SEC also on top of DoorDash filing with them while we're speaking of it. I just wanted to say this cause, um, I found this interesting, So the, the SEC has proposed rules that would allow gig economy platforms to offer workers, uh, on the platform, stock compensation. So not really sure where that's going. Um, I know that the proposal that they put out there, we have a, there's a, there's a article up on the, uh, Uberliftdrivers.com about this. Um, and it's, you know, I think it's human cloud something is what it's called. But the amount that the proposal by the SEC limits is 15% of the compensation can can be in uh, stock. And that no more than $75,000 over three years would be issued in stock to any uh, to any drivers or gig economy workers, so not really sure what the plans are or, or who was uh, nibbling on the ankles of the SEC to try and get something like this passed over. I guess we'll we'll wait and see what that's all about. Um, but clearly, that's you know, that's it's something. You know, the again, all these app-based gig companies are are still new you know we've been we've they've been around for 10 years 10 years plus but they're still new we don't know all the intricacies of how this is all going to work so this is why things are getting figured out this is why ab5 took their position prop 22 brought it down um but and that's why i had mentioned connecticut 989 but we're going to get into that here now so so i've talked to you all about um Connecticut nine eight nine Proposition nine eight nine in Connecticut. What it had, what so this we talked about this many episodes ago, maybe a couple in a row though. But it it was around the time we were talking about some of the AB five stuff. So what Connecticut nine eight nine did, and it was one person, one vote short of passing. But it was about two or about a year and a half, two years before AB five started really. Picking up steam and whatnot. So it almost passed in Connecticut. And what it did was... Well, let me tell you what happened in India. And then we'll come back to this. I'm going to put a pin in that for just a second. Because India actually did exactly what failed in Connecticut 989. What didn't pass by one vote, India just did on the rideshare giants Uber and Ola. So Uber and Ola in India... Are now capped on what they can take from the fares. Um, it's actually the same proposition as Connecticut nine eight nine, the same uh, the same points, the same the same uh, general everything about Connecticut nine eight nine is exactly what India adopted, which says rideshare companies can draw a fee of no more than twenty percent on ride fares. So if Uber charge Uber or Ola charge X amount, they can take twenty percent of that. They can set the pricing to the customer, but they can only take twenty percent. So now let's bring this back now that's in India. That and that's passed and that's actually already in effect. It's already happening. Now let's bring that back to the United States. Yes, the United States is a free country. Yes, we believe in free enterprise. But I want to go back again to app-based gig work spaces a very it's growing huge. Um, it's getting bigger and bigger. It's not getting smaller, it's getting bigger. And there's more companies coming around, and it's actually being defined just recently. I know that a lot of people would say, well, they've been around for 10 years. Yeah, but Uber didn't even go public till two years ago, so I mean, we really, you know, it's the first eight years were more like the Wild West days. You know, it really wasn't. It was on people's radars. It was on states' radars, but it wasn't even being thought about yet. It was kind of just playing out. You know, uh, we were seeing how it was all going, and again, free country, free enterprise. I know that that's what we live in here, and I totally believe in that. But I thought when this came around that it was a win win for Uber and the drivers because instead of like an a b five approach, or instead of um you know just having all kinds of different crazy rules that these companies would follow. 989 seemed like a really simple solution that could have been lived with on the part of the companies to me because if if 20% is the cap, let's say that they did that here in the United States, okay? So if Uber was allowed to take 20% of your fare all drivers whatever, you know, your fare. So when they're charging the customer, they know that they're only going to get, or they're going to get 20% of that. Now they have to base what they want to make on that 20%. Um, So, you know, if, if, First of all, Uber would probably have a little easier way of looking at the bottom line numbers that way too, instead of just being all over the map with percentages. But at twenty percent, they would know what they need to charge. So if there's a surge going on, they would know they need to charge customers more. Um, and if there's uh, you know some event or whatever, they would you know they might put out more incentives to drivers. I don't know, but they would know, and we would know. So you would have Uber in turn really representing you, the driver, before you accepted a ride. So there wouldn't be those crappy rides where you're going to get 20%, they're going to get 80, and you're having to go out somewhere you don't want to go, blah, blah, blah. Instead, it's going to be, you know you're getting 80% of this, so you know Uber's pricing it right. So it's going to be more of a distance and a direction thing when you get a ping. You know, do you want that ride? And take it because you're gonna get 80% of it and it's and Uber's gonna be working the customer end to do to make the most money for them in their 20%, which in turn will represent your 80%. So these gig platforms provide gigs for us workers, but this would actually be incentive to them to make it better money for us. So I was always I was always a fan of that. I always liked nine eight nine. I know that there's some issue there, but I thought it was a better jumping point than AB five. Um, going a little further into the Connecticut nine eight nine. So Connecticut was one of the main states watching um, how AB five AB two two five seven and Prop twenty two played out in California. Um, so. When on November 3rd, when Prop 22 passed in California and it passed by over by more than six million votes, so six more than six million voters said yes, we want to keep flex- flexibility uh, in this system and allow people to be able to flex time work. Um, opponents of this will say that the flex time didn't need to leave, but we all know that if you were an employee. There is no job in the world that you just get to leave, show up. Say, I want to work for a while. I don't. I'm going to turn on for an hour. Um, you know, even even other jobs that have like you know projects you have to do or whatever, they still have deadlines and things like that. So even under any circumstances, that's just never really the case. And that's what the app based world is. So that is what it is. So Prop 22 passed by more than six million votes in California. Prop 22 guarantees drivers on the Uber and Lyft platform can remain independent contractors while enjoying uh, some new protections and keeping their flex schedules. Which this is the key to the uh, to the gig economy. Oh, let me see. So, Connecticut has approximately uh, 35,000 gig workers gig economy workers who rely on these app-based gigs to make their money. It is no secret at all that COVID-19 has killed the economy, destroyed it, and in that comes a lot of the gig economies. So it's, a, it's you know, is it bouncing back? You can't even tell yet. We don't know. I mean, nobody's, there's not enough business out there doing anything to really get any kind of feel of how it's bouncing back or what's going on yet. But Connecticut has a very unique opportunity to create legislation that offers new benefits, like the portable benefits that we heard about, um, that are there to help cover healthcare and savings. Um, if you, you know, want to do something like that and there, you know, those portable benefits could be a really huge thing for, for drivers. Uh, Connecticut is a commuter state, and because many communities are suburban, people rely on first mile to last mile transport. You know, they're not having you take them to a bus station or, uh, you know, to downtown and then they walk a certain amount, or you're actually taking them from their house to where they need to go. It's a commuter commuter state, so it's a great state to. Really get this legislation in there, especially because they were close before with nine eight nine. Prop twenty two failed. They were watching that, or prop twenty two passed, which overturned AB five. They were watching that, so they're still very on this. And uh, it being a commuter state, it, it would be a um, good state to try this in. You know. Now again, uh, COVID has sidetracked this reality temporarily. I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about that. You know, COVID has affected everything, but it absolutely has affected this. But come on, I mean, there, there will be, there, there will be a time when things will shift back, you know, I mean, it, will it shift fully back? No, I mean, and it could shift slowly back and then it could, it also might change and evolve during that time. So, you know, and, and gig work is evolving right now because, their people are trying to, states are trying to establish how exactly it's going to work. Now we're getting to that point where it needs to be, it needs to have some definition and that's recognized on state and national levels. We know this, Um, but now is the time for meaningful legislation before it's an issue, before, before COVID the bounce back after COVID happens you know, I mean, we could we, the legislation could get in there for portable benefits and keep flex hours and for when, where, how rideshare drivers want to earn. Um, these are important things to to gig workers. These are important things to all of us. Uh, but those of us in the gig in the gig world, that's this is, this is what makes us up. I mean, I've you know, I had gone sometimes days uh, snowboarding. And then I would come back and work like three 15-hour days uh, driving. So, you know, I could always do that. If, it, if we got a huge dumping up in the mountains, I'd go up there and catch some fresh powder. You know, it's part of the reason I live here in Colorado. Um, I love it. So, protecting flex is a must. It's a must. Uh, and also, having rideshare drivers on the road, you know, it, it reduces... Well, for one thing, it reduces the amount of impaired drivers and gets them off the road. Uh, There was a study done by MAD and Uber. MAD is uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And in cities that have Uber, drunk driving fatalities are down 3.5% to 6.5%. And that's huge. That's huge. Uh, So, 2028, uh, the Olympics and Paralympics will be hosted in Los Angeles. Um, Companies in the flying taxi space are all trying to develop their service and have it available in Los Angeles by 2028 for the Olympics. Included in those... Companies in the in the flying taxi airspace, of which not one exists, by the way, or is even meaningfully close. We talk about t- autonomous being far out. I just don't see how, if autonomous isn't here by 2028 fully, how is uh, flying cars going to be here? But uh, let's Jetsons out for a minute and pretend like it is. Uh so Uber Air is in those is in that group of players. Now there's a lot of bigger players uh, that are in the game too, but Uber Air is in there, and you know we know that we know that Uber Air, you know where that's been, and we talked about it last week. Even that they had a couple helicopters in New York. I don't know. Uh, Uber Air has really not done much. In fact, I was saying it should be sold. Uh, but I know that they are talking about building uh, 10,000 of their helicopters. Now, these helicopters aren't the ones that they were using out out east. These are supposed to be the new ones, the v- eVTOLs and the all that. But another thing that happens with all this, guys, is that so, w- so you're going to have these, let's say that it did happen. So by 2028, we've got flying taxis that can take... Um, eight to 12 people, depending on the size of of these eVTOLs. But what hasn't been really addressed yet is that all the articles in the past that I've done, uh, that I've read, or that I've had, you know, anything that I've understood from from the flying taxi space industry is... And this comes from every every way you look at it, and everybody in this game will say, oh, "Yeah, that's a must." There is there's going to be a need for skyports, okay? So people are going to need to be able to go from here to here, to here to here, and skyports are going to help them hub and jump. And then it'll probably still have a, a like a last leg with a ride or something because you're not just going to be able to skyport to anywhere you want, bounce around. Uh, the Skyports are going to be very expensive. Uh, they're going to be very uh, few in the beginning. Um, and, they'll, and and even then, you know, like, I don't know. The expense of this Uber Air uh, technology, it just seems like a game A Uber shouldn't be in. And again, you know, when I see 2028 um, and I see Uber's name on this article, it I am sorry. You know, to me, it's it's PRBS. We call that out on the show here all the time. Uh, it's only being discussed to draw people to invest into Uber based on the technology performance, which in my book, Uber really doesn't have a lot of technology performance. In fact, we we are in the midst right now of watching them sell off all of their technology departments, except for Uber air. And there's no talk of that, which I don't understand, but okay. <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> uh There's another article that we put up on on UberLiftDrivers.com this week that talks about Volvo. And Volvo has designed a driving simulator, an AI, uh, uh, using video game engines to train autonomous vehicles. It's pretty crazy. Uh, You can find the whole article on UberLiftDrivers.com. So I won't get into all the tech specs on that, but if you're interested, go check that out. The one thing I didn't want to mention, because I just think this is hilarious, is that uh, several of the engineers and coders who were used on this project to create this uh, driving simulator video game engine were the engineers and coders who work for Rockstar Games and the same people who created Grand Theft Auto Five, GTA Five. Um, so I, I don't know. I, <laughs> um, if you've ever, I'm sure most of you at least have the knowledge of what it is. But if you've ever watched GTA Five, played it, know of it, whatever, um, it's just kind of funny that that's. Those are the people. I mean, I guess it makes some sense because they have the landscape layout and they know how the things work. Just sound it just sounds funny to me. But if you want to check out the whole article, it's up there. Um. So we got a short week this week. I got one 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 read left, uh, one story, one one article left. I want to talk about. But um, hope everybody had a really great Thanksgiving, uh, or at least you know something. It was a strange one, huh? (sighs) Well, today is December 1st. On December 8th, Alto will launch a fleet of rideshare SUV vehicles um, and drivers that are all trained and vetted and uniformed in Los Angeles. December eighth, seven days. Now, one thing about Alto is their prices are higher than Uber and Lyft. Okay, uh, I would say that Alto rides are more in line with like Uber Black pricing. So, if you're familiar, if you're not, if you're a driver. Um, if you're a gig worker listening to this who doesn't do driving, who who only does food delivery or grocery space or one of those or whatever you're doing, um, I'm sure you still have an understanding of this. And if you're a driver, you do. So, Alto has a pricing model closer to Uber Blacks. Now, Alto cars are all of the SUVs that will be in this fleet that is launching in LA on the 8th. Um, have plexiglass barriers. They all have installed full, full uh, HEPA air filtration systems. In between rides, the vehicles are sprayed with a hospital grade um, sanitizing mist that kills 99.9% of bacteria and viruses. So back to the price. If, If we're talking about like what, you know, for Uber black, let's maybe it really depends on distance and things like that. But let's just say that, you know, Uber, you know, Uber, Uber black pricing model, basically, you know, like if you're not going too far, like just a kind of in town ride, it's probably two to $3 more for an Alto. It will be in, in LA than it would be for an Uber or Lyft or like an Uber X An Uber X would be, it would be like $2 more than that. And for that, you'd have trained, uh, drivers, vetted drivers, uniform drivers, plexiglass, uh, sanitizing spray between rides, um, all SUVs. I mean, it, it sounds, it sounds like a great idea and they have been crushing it in Texas. I mean, they really do. They've been crushing it in Texas, Um, so, you know, that's where they started was Dallas, Fort Worth. I think they're in a couple other areas in Texas now, but, um, LA has been a target for them for a while. So now for the kicker, the Dallas based business requires all drivers who work for Alto be employees, have, have medical benefits and, um, are W two employees, so everything that AB five wanted. Now here's a company coming in after AB five had to exclude rideshare drivers due to the due to Prop over twenty two overturning or ex- getting them the exclusion out of there. So now you know if 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 Prop twenty two had failed, I would have absolutely. This would have made so much sense, but I guess you know during this during this pandemic it makes sense too. But so it didn't fail. Prop twenty two passed, and Uber and Lyft don't have to have employees. And now here comes Alto, and they're still going to come to California, even though that is not required of rideshare drivers now. I mean, California passed a law, and then that law got overturned because people didn't feel they were a part of of passing that law. And then the voters decided overwhelmingly that, no, we do not want AB five period. I mean, no gig worker wants it, but this was to exclude app based gig platforms. So, you know, will AB five go away? That's one of the growing questions in my mind. And we'll have to see how that plays out. And hopefully, you know, it, it it starts to release the people who shouldn't be held down by AB five from there as well. But it's an interesting time for a rideshare company to launch in Los Angeles, in my opinion. But during a pandemic um, where rideshare is so down, you know. But I guess, you know, they have employees, they're going to have their cars out there. Um, They've probably got some money to get branded and be able to have a little um, flexibility in what their spendings are. So, uh, the cars will be out there on the streets, and uh, you know, for a couple dollars more, you can get, uh, you can see what it's like to have a employee pick you up in a rideshare um, SUV, brand new SUVs. Um, you know, you got the you got the plexiglass barrier to the driver. You got the HEPA air filters you got the in-between rides hospital grade sanitation going on or sanitizing the whole car the whole vehicle um i don't know from what i read I, I feel like it's gonna it's misters on the ceilings that actually just spray down so it's not the driver cleaning between rides it's actually um uh, just quickly sprayed and then it's cleaned between days but um uh, i like the idea and uh You know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what that competition brings about without AB5 being in place, especially. So, uh, anyway, uh, let's see. We're in December. We're coming up on the big holiday, uh, Christmas, New Year's. We're still in pandemic. And, uh, I am starting to look at January, February for booking some guests, uh, so I've got a, I've got some in mind. I'm trying to get, uh, three or four into the, in the new year until then, I'm going to try and keep the, uh, the weekly, uh, podcast down to about 40 minutes and, uh, then we'll bounce back next year to, you know, there might be weeks too, by the way, if I go longer and I might even get a guest, but I doubt it with around the holidays, um, uh, that I'm going to be scheduling any guests. I'll probably just kind of uh, take this on myself to get through the year. Then uh, in the new year, we're going to jump back into full swing, but I'll still be uh, doing all the news and we will, um, and I still am looking to for, for guests. We do have the engineer from Waymo um, that is in January. Uh, and I'm, I'm, there's a few others on my hit list that I would love to get on the podcast as well. Uh, as well as some startups, and I actually would like to get this Alto on there as well. So that said, uh, I don't know. It's been it's been a week. It's uh, <laughs> um, we'll we'll have to see where things go here. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. COVID is it seems to be spiking so hard again, and now you know we've heard such harsher regulations coming into place. Um, you know what was I seeing today, and where was it? I don't know. Each it, it seems like just some random states are doing some really random things right now, uh, and obviously it's a sign that we're not doing as well as we thought. That we're back we're backpedaling here on COVID a bit, and I know that there's three, uh, uh, there's three brands now coming out. Uh, to prevent COVID from three different from three different companies, but you know, I, I I don't know, I I I feel like even though those are supposed to roll out here in the next week or two, I feel like even the country is is kind of backshifted. Some, I mean, we were it wasn't getting great, super awesome, better. But it was getting a little better, you know. It was feel felt like we were coming out of COVID a little bit. Uh, I think we all worried about winter a little bit. But this is now. It seems like we're right back at some just awful numbers. Uh, at least the deaths death toll is not nearer back to what it was in uh, April May. But you know, our, our IC, ICUs in many states are at capacity or near it. And the projections have them over 100% in a couple weeks. Uh, We also have to see what the Thanksgiving holiday did. I don't know. It's a lot lot of stickiness. We got to wear masks, people. I'm going to say it every every week until we get out of this pandemic. Mask up. I got to find some clever little hit tag I could use when I say it. But (laughs) for now, mask up, mask up, mask up. Wear your masks. Passengers, wear your masks. Don't be a paxhole. Okay, that's what we call you behind your back. We call you paxholes. holes. Don't be a paxhole hole. Wear a mask. Drivers wearing a mask. We're all wearing masks. You go to the grocery store, you wear a mask. Wear your masks, people. All right, that said, uh, I'm out of here for the week. And I'll see you guys back here next week. Be good to each other. Be kind to each other. Do something great. And, uh, I'll see you back here next week on the rodeo. Peace.